With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the 1865 Match Report. I'm joined by Adam and we're recording this the morning after Forrest produced a confident performance to beat West Ham United 2-0. Goals and injury time in both halves from Taiwo and Callum Hudson-Odoi sealed a performance that was full of attacking threat and defensive resolve. Nuno made two changes with Danilo and Felipe coming into a familiar 4-2-3-1 shape. So that gave a cells in goal, a back four of Williams and Tavares out wide and a Brazilian combination of Felipe and Murillo in the middle. South American connection continued with Danilo partnering Dominguez at the base of midfield and then a line of three, Alanga, Gibbs-White and Hudson-Odoi behind Taiwo Awanyi. Forrest started brightly and showed plenty of attacking intent with Tavares bombing forward, putting Soufal on his arse and centering the ball for Alanga whose shot was saved. There was a sloppy moment a bit later as Forrest won a free kick in their own half, in, in West Ham's half, but one of the passes fell short and Gibbs-White had to take a yellow card for bringing down their man as they broke few murmurs round the ground as we worried about the lapses of concentration that have plagued Forrest this season. Form Forrest favourite Mikel Antonio was struggling to muscle his way past our defence, but he did get clear of Felipe at one point, only for Murillo to nick the ball off his foot as he, stuck, as he shaped a shoot. Huge chances of you'll never beat Murillo, which were well deserved. And from then on, Forrest took control of the game, with Tavares in particular breaking forward at great pace. He had a couple of shots, none of which were anywhere near the target, then Awani had a header saved by Ariola, whose imperious form continued as he stopped a long-range shot from Danilo. We were beginning to think this was just going to be one of those days, but five minutes into time added on, Dominguez played a beautiful through ball to Awani, who turns his defender and places his shot past their keeper. The goal improved the atmosphere in the second half, and Forrest continued where they left off. A high ball finds a langer in space, his first touch looked awful, but he somehow recovered to produce a fantastic volley, which Ariola did well to save. Murillo had a header, which somehow didn't go in. There were more wild shots from Tavares, but then Antonio gets away from his man and Williams brings him down just outside our box. Ward-Prowse steps up to take the free kick and you can feel the nerves around the ground. But unlike in recent games, the Forest defence was ready and organised and Ward-Prowse's shot goes just over and wide. 
A one year he had another header go, go over, but then he gets dumped onto the floor and is replaced by Origi, who takes the right wing berth with Alanga moving to the striker's position. And then the first of the two big incidents of the game. West Ham win a free kick just inside our half. Dominguez tussles with Calvin Phillips as he tries to take the kick and Phillips shoves him over. Both players then getting a yellow card for the altercation. A couple of minutes later, Morgan Gibbs-White continues doing what he's done all game. He receives the ball, turns to beat his marker, but then Phillips puts a high boot in and Gibbs-White goes to ground, clutching the top of his foot. Phillips gets a second yellow and it looks like Forrest have the opportunity to put the game to bed. At this point, Antonio, who didn't look fully fit, is replaced by Maxwell Corney, who would then play a part in the next big talking point. Swashbuckling Williams breaks into the box and tangles with Corney. The referee ignores it as Williams falls over and then play continues. Eventually, it goes to VAR, but they side with the on-field verdict, even though replays show Corney standing on Williams' ankle, bringing him down in the box. Nuno Espirito Santo then gets a booking for his protests. We're followed by more chances for Forrest, including getting the ball in the net, but it's ruled out as Yates, who'd replaced Dominguez, is offside. West Ham then give us a nervy few minutes as they pile forward in an attempt to get something out of the game. We go to a back five as Omar Bamadeli replaces Gibbs White. But again, right at the end of time added on, Williams brilliantly beats his man, cuts the ball back into the box, and it falls to hudson Adoy, who continues his scoring streak with a brilliant goal. So that's how it finished, 2-0 to Forest, and judging by the reaction of the players and the managers, they knew that this was not only a good result, but a fantastic performance. The 1865 Match Report We're pleased to announce that this episode of 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast, is sponsored by Green King Sport, where football is more than a game. Green King Sport venues are showing every single televised Forest fixture over the 23-24 season. And with more than 900 sports pubs across the UK, it doesn't matter where you're based, you can catch every single minute of the action. If you download the Green King Sport app, you won't just get 10% off all drinks anytime there's a match on the TV, but this month there's also free Guinness to be won and the chance to win one of six holidays. And you'll be supporting us here at 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Now it's back to your podcast. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. So, Adam, as I said before, um, at the final whistle, to me, this felt like this was a really, really significant win. How was it for you? Uh, look, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, these Premier League wins just feel unbelievable, don't they? I mean, you don't get them every week. So when you get that, it's great. I mean, the atmosphere in the ground was a lot better today. And I think it's probably because of the the goal just before half time. I mean, the second half was absolutely rocking, you know, like it was a bit better. And maybe that's all we needed. Maybe we needed to go go up in 1-0 up half time. Maybe we just needed that better start. But yeah, it it was it was fantastic, and there's not really a lot of fault I can put on any Forest player today. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, there was a couple of things that I noticed. Um, and I mentioned it in our group chat, which was um, in the first half, I suddenly realised what why Tavares is getting in the side instead of Toffolo, because you'd notice every now, not every attack, but good few attacks, Tavares would then be bombing forwards and he was almost playing like as a second striker alongside Awanyi. And it's that that inverted fullback thing that everyone goes on about Pep Guardiola and um, Jurgen Klopp doing. But instead of being an extra midfielder, he's almost like an extra attacker. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely say I've not been the biggest fan of Tavares since we signed him. And I didn't think the signing made an awful lot of sense at the time. But, and it, it may just be because I'm a massive Harry, like, Harry Toffoli fan as well. I love Toff, I think he's fantastic. But he was so good yesterday, uh, Tavares was. I mean, the way, the way you say, the way he bombed forward, the way he broke the lines, he just gave them something extra to think about. And I think he, he was all, he's always in space because they were, they were never defending for a full-pack being so far forward. But what we did well is that when he did bomb forward, when he did get out of position, we didn't seem to look bad defensively because he was out of position either. Like the gap that he left was filled by one of the two midfielders or was just covered by one of the centre-halves temporarily. And it allowed Tavares to bomb forward. And Sony Williams, to be fair, you know, both fullbacks mm. were trying to find space. But when Tavares... I mean, Tavares is really close to being a proper, complete sort of wing-back, isn't it? Because he gets forward well. He carries the ball brilliantly. He's got a really strong run. You know, he, he keeps himself upright. He, he gets touched and he carries on. He's not like a... You know, he, he bombs forward. But he's... He, I don't know what they need to do with him, but he has got to work on his shooting. He <laughs> loves taking a shot, but he can't do it for love nor money. <laughs> to be fair, I I counted three shots by him. The first two were absolutely wild. And then the third one was almost on target. And the bloke next to me goes, he's getting closer. <laughs> That's the thing though, right? So he gets forward really well. He gets himself into those positions. Do you know if he actually could shoot really well and get them on target? <laughs> yeah. He'd get like five, ten goals a season. <laughs> yeah, it's like he gets a nosebleed or panics or something. But yeah, it, was, it wasn't. And I mean, I noticed it again in the last game as well. And against Newcastle that he was doing this. So it's obviously a deliberate ploy and it does give us those extra numbers up front, which, which, and as he said, they weren't expecting it, so they didn't really know how to cover him. Yeah, I mean, he he, he was exploiting all sorts. He was, he, was, he was getting in those little pockets of space that a number 10 normally gets into, but yeah. it actually, in a weird kind of way, allows Gibbs White to get on the ball a bit more and it actually allows Gibbs White a bit more space because if it's just Gibbs White in the 10 role, He's been marked out of games before. Mm. So now when you've got Tavares breaking up up there, they're, they're having to sort of compensate for Tavares being there. So they can't have two men on Gibbs White. So when Gibbs White gets the ball, he's actually able to do a little bit more with it in space. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know if that's deliberate, but that is happening. I, I do. I get the feeling that it is deliberate because, um, yeah, just because he's been doing it so consistently. And I couldn't see what the pattern was, but he doesn't do it every time. So I think there's some sort of trigger that he's looking for when to, when to make that break. Um, I also wanted to have a quick word about uh, Nicholas Dominguez. I know you're a big fan of his. I thought he was outstanding yesterday. I, I think I, I was campaigning that we sign him in the summer before he came. And then he, he comes and he's been exactly as good as I knew he would be. I mean, the ball into Taiwo for his goal, it's just, it's one of those balls where like if, 
if Kevin De Bruyne does it or something, match of the day gushing over it and being like, oh, it's a great ball into the striker. It, it was just, he, and he does that. He's got the ability to get forward really well. But I think I was impressed yesterday. I think defensively he was really good as well. Yeah. And he's not a six. He's not a natural six anyway, but he's sort of given the ability that he can play six, eight or 10. And yeah. to have that in one of your midfield is just absolute joy. And um, actually, I'd say uh, Danilo had a very good game, especially in the first half. He was putting through, he, again, he's not really a six and he's not really an eight, but he was putting through some very good passes and we were quite solid defensively with that pair there. Um, speaking of which, um, Dominguez did get subbed, uh, replaced by Yates towards the end of the game. And I thought that was a good plan because there was, um, I had the feeling he was going to get himself a second yellow card. Uh, he got the first one, obviously, in his clash with um, Calvin Phillips. Um, now, Calvin Phillips, like um, I, I like Calvin Phillips because um, even like my lo- I live in Leeds and my local pizza shop has a Calvin special because that's where his mum works. But he was awful. <laughs> yeah, is it must be something about playing at the city ground that he doesn't seem to like mm. because we were actually reminiscing a little bit. I remember him getting sent off against us for Leeds. When um, I think Daryl Murphy scored or something, I, I remember was it New yeah. Year's Day or was it Boxing Day? Maybe or, I think it might be New Year's Day, and he got sent off. And I was like, he just loves getting sent off against Forest, doesn't he? <laughs> like he's, but no, nah, he was he was poor on the day. But I think that the thing is, is that, and I'm sure what David Moyes would be saying to him after the game is that when you're on a yellow, you've got to be more careful. You can't be so stupid. Like it was a really naive thing to do when you're on a yellow card. You've made the referee have you know have the decision. And we've been on the wrong end of this, haven't we? Bournemouth, for example, with Justin Cliver. We've been on the wrong end of it where the referee hesitates the second yellow. They're like, I don't really want to give a second yellow because the second yellow means VAR can't get involved. We know that from Willie Bolly's challenge yeah. against Bournemouth. So I think the referee has they hesitate to give the second yellow a lot of the time because they don't because they know VAR can't help them. But in this instance, it was just so easy. It was such an easy decision for the referee. It's a yellow card offence, already on a yellow. Nice and easy. Yeah. And I will say I don't know if it changed the game that much because I think we were in control anyway. Yeah. I think we were we were pretty in control for the whole game. So I don't know if it changed the game as such, but it just meant that we were even more comfortable than we were. And then um, the other big incident, refereeing incident of the game. Um, first of all, I have to say, yeah, as you've mentioned, Nico Williams was fantastic throughout the game. Um, but he breaks down the, the right-hand side as as normal. Um, a lot of space to run into. When it happened in real time, I thought it was a penalty. I thought Cornet had, um, had tripped him, but where I sit, I can just see the replay mon- like monitors in one of the boxes. So everyone turns around looking up at that, and then I'm looking at it through the, the through the glass, and I thought, oh no, it's not a penalty. He's going away from goal. They just get their legs tangled, and then I watched it again on match of the day, and it's clear as day. Yeah, it's such a weird one. I mean, Nico Williams is is the kind of player that. Us as fans, that's how we think we'd play for Forrest. <laughs> he, he jumps into every challenge. He gives 110. He's such a workhorse. That, like, he's an absolute pleasure to watch as a fan, you know, because he, he kind of just gets it. He puts so much in. But, yeah, I mean, this... I, I sit lower trend, so this was literally right mm. in front of me. And 
first first impression, oh, that's a penalty Stonewall, he'll give it. And then when he didn't give it, I thought, I'm not worried because it'll go to VAR and they'll give it. And it was quite um, annoying because it was another of those where, because play just carried on, it was like the referee was completely ignoring it. Yeah. It's, it's weird, those situations, because you, do you ever just sometimes sit there and you think like, oh, just kick the ball out of play and let VAR yeah. look at it? Because that's that's a little bit how we thought and then it, it got part of play anyway. But yeah, I don't understand how VAR have looked at that. Because the thing is, if, you, if you're not looking for the right bit of, and you're not looking for the point of contact and the point of the foul, you might not see it in real time. And I know slowing it down makes it look worse, but slowing it down in this instance actually helps because yeah. he stands on his foot. Like it's it's clear as day. It was I, I think it was probably accidental, by the way, by corner. Mm. It wasn't. I don't think he meant to do it, but he stands on his foot, and Nico goes down, and, and it even, is as stone wall as you want. And even though he wasn't heading towards goal, I mean the thing that he's that he did later on that Nico does is the cutback. So yeah. It was prevented a clear chance. So I, I, um, I read yesterday that we've hired Mark Clattenburg as a referees consultant because I know Nuno got booked yesterday for complaining about this. Um, I think we've had three or four apologies from PGMOL. Um, yeah, but they... for game changing situations, that's that's our points deduction right there. Well, the thing is with these apologies and stuff, I mean, like, they're, they're just, they're absolutely nothing. I mean, I don't know if you saw that, uh, it was a game in the Belgium League, wasn't it? I think it was Anderlecht, where they had a decision go against them. And that, and that either the game is now being replayed or the result was altered because of the <laughs> mistake. And it's like, well, do we need to get to a point where that happens, where games are either replayed or a goal is given, or whatever it might be in that game, or a point is given to you? Like, is that where we need to get before referees take accountability? Because an apology is accountability that you've done something wrong. Absolutely. But it's no consolation to us whatsoever. Yeah, especially when we're at the wrong end of the league looking over our shoulders. And luckily, this one didn't change the outcome of the game at all. But if West Ham had nicked away equaliser before we scored the second goal, well, it I very mean, well could have. I, I, I was immediately thinking this is going to be just like Newcastle where we don't get the VAR decision and they go up the other end mm-hmm. and score. And look, I think it was, um, I can't remember who it was, but it was a very, very weak shot that was very easy for Sells to deal with. Uh, speaking of which, there's um, one other point. Um, so at 45 minutes... Uh, we started chanting, it's 45 minutes, it's time to go home, to, to which the West Ham fans replied, um, how shit must you be, it's only nil-nil. Then Ward-Prowse gets a corner and you could feel this like dread fall across the crowd because we knew what happened with West Ham last time. And um, we dealt with it. And obviously uh, a one-year scores, so we sing cheerio at them. And then in the second half, uh, there were two, I think, free kicks that Ward Prowse took from pretty dangerous areas. One from um, where Williams took down Mikel Antonio for no real reason. Um, but I have to say, I was watching our defenders very, very closely. And Felipe and later on Yates, you could see them going round, talking to all the players and telling them exactly where to be. There was a real determination to make sure that we don't, be stupid from from set pieces and it, that stood out to me yeah definitely I think we dealt with set pieces better but I think also 
if you don't give set pieces away, you can't see goals from set pieces. And we didn't give as many away yesterday. And you've got to think that that is completely the game plan to do that. I mean, Ward Prowse is probably one of, if not the best dead ball specialist in world football, never mind just the Premier League. You can't give him. We saw that at the London Stadium, a game that, in my opinion, we didn't deserve to lose. And we gave away silly goals from mm. corners. And yesterday, we got free kick. The only one I was really worried about was the one that you just mentioned from when Nico challenged. And it was like, I was like, there's nothing we can do about this. If he wants to pop this top corner, it's 1 1, that's it. And it sort of went over the bar. And I thought, okay, this might be our day a little bit more now because <laughs> he normally gets them on target at least. I, I did think actually, though, Sells had it, if it had gone in at the top corner, Sells had it covered as well. So everything was was right about our setup for it. So that's that's pretty good. Um, yeah, a quick word on Felipe and Murillo. So a Brazilian centre half pairing. Um, Murillo gets the plaudits because he did that fantastic stop on Antonio. But uh, I, as I said, I thought Felipe made a big difference just in terms of organisation. He was vocal and telling everyone what to do and and making sure everyone was doing their jobs throughout the game. Well, I think that Nuno might have found his, his centre-back partnership here because Amabanadeli is has been fantastic when he's, when he's played, but obviously he's a lot younger, he doesn't have that experience. Um, and Niacate, I, I think that... I, I would say that Niacate and Murillo, I mean, ability-wise, are our two best centre-halves, but you've also got to think about partnerships. And I don't want to be lazy and be like, oh, Felipe and Murillo are both Brazilian, they must get on, but... You would imagine that Murillo will see Felipe as a bit of a mentor type person. He's played at the highest level. He's played in the Champions League. You know, they're both Brazilian. So they will have that little bit of a connection on a language perspective as well. And maybe those little things are going to help. And the thing is, Murillo doesn't, Murillo could play next to me. I, I think that <laughs> I think he'd still be all right. But having Felipe next to him yesterday, I think it was just, it, it, I think it helped him for a lot of reasons of, when to step out, when not to step out, when to play the long pass, when not to play the long pass. And the only time we got caught out really was when, when Antonio broke free and Murillo was just imperious to not let Antonio <laughs> pass. And he didn't look fully fit, to be fair, Antonio. I'm not like, yeah. I, I loved him so much when he was here. And I'm, I from the nostalgic point of me, if he comes to Forest in the summer on a free, I'd be absolutely fine with it because... I and loved him while he was here. When when he was subbed and he was at the far side of the ground, so he had to walk all the way around in front of the Trent and I was really pleased to see the applause that he got. Yeah, definitely. I, I think there's still a lot of love for him um, as a player. But yeah, he certainly didn't look fully fit yesterday. I think he oh. I think he'd been rushed back a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then finally, at the final whistle, um, so we had uh, the status quo playing, which apparently is because Rick Parfit's son lives in Nottingham. Um, and yeah, I'm not that keen on status quo myself, but what I thought, first of all, um, like players come around to, to applaud the fans, which is great to see. The three Brazilians all walk together around and then that was followed by Nuno. And I don't remember him doing this in exactly the same way, but he had a massive smile on his face and had his heart, hands above his head while he was applauding. And I was thinking there's something about this performance today. It looks like the team's gelling in a way that they probably haven't done maybe all season. It was definitely, I, I would say it could be considered the most complete performance under Nuno because against Newcastle away when we've won, 
We did play really well, but the goals just came on the break, really. I mean, it, we, we just caught Newcastle out. And the Man United game, again, we we really was grinding out a result. But I think yesterday was the most complete performance under Nuno so far. Defensively, we were really good. The midfield looked solid. We looked like we could score goals going forward. I mean, everything just clicked yesterday. And we all know the fixture list. We all know we've got some tough games coming up, but... There's no reason to go into those games with any fear. Go into those games with the the mindset that you can get something out of it. You know, like Villa away, Liverpool at home. I mean, that sounds like no, you know, a lot of people will say, that's, you know, you're not going to get anything out of those two games. But after, I get a bit of renewed confidence after yesterday that we can. Not least because both those teams play quite high and we've shown that we can break very, very well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the pace we have on the counter, I mean, like the one where Alanga didn't score, yes. that goal only really comes from the fact that we have so much pace going forward when we actually get the ball on the counter. Yeah. how, how I couldn't believe he didn't score. Though, honestly. <laughs> he sat right behind it and I thought, blazed it over. And he, that, I'm sure he'll say it took a bubble. But. Uh, yeah, there, there, and there was also that one um, where, um, I can't. I think maybe Williams had released him and... And I thought his first touch was awful because it sort of bounced up in the air, but then he just volleyed it. And it was yeah. <laughs> there was actually a couple, wasn't there? Because there was that one, and there was also Danilo on the full volley who absolutely yeah. levered it. And I actually want to shout out Arioli yesterday. Yeah. I think he played really well. Yeah. He, he kept he, the score down. Yeah, he was there, definitely their player of the match. So we'll leave it there. A confident performance full of attacking intent and defensive resolve. It was the first time I'd heard the fans sing for Nuno Espirito Santo and we can see the signs that this team's starting to come together. Players and the manager's reaction at the final whistle show that they recognise the significance of the match too, so let's hope we can use this as the turning point of our season. We've got tough matches against Manchester United and Liverpool to come, but we'll be back next week after the Villa game. All that remains is for me to say thank you to Adam for joining me today and thank you to you for listening as Forrests continue rocking all over the world. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.